Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. I am Rich Cardona, your host. And look, if you don't know, if you're a new listener, the purpose of this podcast is to siphon the information from industry experts and to impart those and give that knowledge to transitioning service members, business owners, veteran entrepreneurs, anyone who's in transition in their life. And that's why I had Nick Connor on. I met Nick on Clubhouse. And Nick has a really unique story about what he was pursuing in his life until at 27, he reached a point where this dream, which many of us would love, just came to an end. It was over. So he had to overcome and learn something that we all don't like to do, and that is sell. And he's effective. He gets it. He understands. And after he had the mindset shift, it allowed him not only to become a full-fledged entrepreneur, but to help others sell. And he will talk about, you know, the things that are holding us back from being effective salespeople, which look, we're all salespeople, period, point blank. There's literally no way around it. So Nick uh, is also the author of Brandability, all about how to build your personal brand. And he's got plenty, plenty going on online. And I will link in the show notes to him. But for now, let's get into the episode. All right, everyone, you got the intro already. Uh, I'm here with Nick and I'm super pumped. We're actually, look, like no bullshit. Like we don't know each other. And this is exactly how I love to start my days. And I'm going to be doing a bunch of podcasts today, but this is number one. We met on Clubhouse uh, and he's going to tell you everything about him in a second. And this is perfect. I love to just unpack things. And he said, dude, let's just jam. I love the organic approach. So I know I'm in good company already. Uh, So Nick, man, please tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Definitely love the organic approach. And I think, I think that the most audiences want that now, right? I think that audiences are loving like the, the freestyle, the human to human connection, not too scripted. And, and clubhouse has been an amazing platform. You mentioned that we met over there Yeah, and uh, it's, it's been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. It's it's funny because everything you can't see, the way it's connected to your Insta, if you have an Instagram presence like you do, it's like, I get the full picture. So I love that aspect of it. But yeah, for sure, I agree. And it's so nice, right? Because, you know, and, and I'll tie all this into to who I am and what I do, but so much of what you see right now, the, the office, the mic that you have, that I have, <laughs> even just getting ready for a video like this. Yeah it gets in the way of that authentic, genuine conversation. And so that's why I love Clubhouse. And that's why I'm really stoked to kind of have an open dialogue with you today. I like stories, man. And, and, and you're a military guy. Yeah, I wasn't a military guy, but I was an athlete. And so I know about wearing that uniform. Sorry, what was your sport? Baseball, man. Baseball was my sport. Baseball was the sport I decided to pursue at the next level, meaning college and professionally. Uh, but I played all, all sports growing up and come from a basketball family. Pops played in the NBA. My dad was a, a a great athlete. And and so sports was just my thing. And I was able to pursue it until I was 27 years old, uh, fortunately. But I had to make that tough transition that most of us do when we were wearing a uniform, military to the civilian world. And for me, it was being a competitive elite athlete into the real world. And so it was crazy. At 27, man, I was playing professional minor league baseball the next summer, I'm selling security systems door to door in Virginia to people like you, military people. And imagine, man, like they're, they're driving home from, you know, a long commute from their government job. 
And there I am at the kitchen table trying to sell their wives a security system. And so anyway, doors slammed in my face. I, it was a crazy summer. But point, point with that is for like three years after that, I really struggled to figure out what I wanted to do. And the, the only model I had was sports, right? And I realized like through no fault of my own, somebody probably pointed it out, but I, I can never remember who it was. It just kind of came to me like, dude, you, you need to develop a skill. You, the only skill you had is no longer an option. And so I dove into sales, man. And, and, you know, door-to-door sales led to gym sales and personal training sales. And, you know, I've been a career sales guy, but I wanted to get away from it eventually because I wanted to pursue some other things. And so I started working with men, helping them transition in their life and find meaning and purpose and help them go through the journey that I kind of went on and in many ways was still going on. And everything's kind of come full circle in the last few years. You know, I've started working with a lot of businessmen and sales kept coming up. Like I was just shocked at how little these people knew about sales. And so the thing I tried to get away from was actually the thing that has really become my career now, (laughs) helping people really love and develop as, as salespeople. And I think it is by far and away, one of the most important skills to have as a human being, <laughs> you know, in not just an entrepreneur, but as a human being in general. But uh, so that's what keeps me busy now with my clients. And, and, uh, and, and I really, really have found a way to enjoy it. So that's awesome. Yeah. There's like a feeling in the, like in my chest right now, when you mentioned the security system sitting at the kitchen table, I was in sales for a very short period of time. I mean, I was, I was called a regional consultant, but it was freaking sales, man. And that was my first job out of the military, like you, uh, that transition. And by the way, this, this podcast is for transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs, small business owners, but transition takes many, many forms. And this is literally the proof right here. Like it's not, it's not, you know, organic to us at all. Everyone goes through it. It could just be moving is a transition. But when you say that, I remember the feeling of of really of trying to convince someone that this thing that I had was worth their money and worth their time and that they should listen to me. And then it became less about the product and more about me and taking things personally and just being like, what is wrong with me? And, and I don't want to make these calls. And it's just, it was just insanity. Now you're talking about this a year after you pivoted or had to transition and you're selling security systems, but someone said to you, you need to develop a skill. Why would you work on the skill that gave you that angst? I'm so interested in the choice. Well, truthfully, I was searching for something different while I was selling. So the skill I was developing was never the skill that I wanted to lead with, right? My thoughts about sales have evolved to what they are now, but it took me a long time to do it including working as my, in my first coaching job as a sales coach. I was teaching people how to sell and I didn't even love sales myself. And so the decision to develop the sales skill was really out of necessity. I had to make some money and they were easy jobs to get. And you know, I, I could make some money. I always made decent money on commission. It always made sense to me, but I was searching for fu- something much deeper than a career during that season. So sales was the vehicle. I didn't even realize I was developing that particular skill. And, you know, like all of us, when we are provided with so much structure and so much direction, like career military people, anybody who's experienced the military for any amount of time, it's very similar to what we experience as athletes. 
and many of the listeners right now were probably athletes at one point. So this is going to make a lot of sense, right? But you're provided so much structure, including your community, you know, the camaraderie that you felt and feel in the military, dude, and it's provided, right? So even that, when you get, well, I, I, I was told I couldn't do it anymore, right? I was, I was literally told you're, you can't go any further. And so now I'm out there and I'm trying to figure out who's my community, who am I as a person, what am I going to do with my life? I was, so I was really searching and it wasn't to find a skill. It was to feel something that I had always felt. And in the moment, I didn't realize that, right? I thought it was a career. I need to go start a business. That was always in the front of my mind, but it was really something different that I was searching to replace from what I experienced as an athlete. How do you help people make amends or at least just kind of admit, like, I'm on this journey, I'm meandering, uh, I have no idea what's up and what's down, I'm disoriented, and I don't have a goal, or I don't have a quote-unquote finish line, which personally, I don't believe in finish lines, I think there's only starting lines, right? But, you know, how was it interacting with, with these men? Because as a guy talking to another guy, we don't like to admit a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we like to pretend like things are okay, but they're just not. And, and it takes a lot of vulnerability. So I'm wondering how you helped them kind of get on the right path and, and kind of convince them like, look, it, it's okay to just be disoriented. So the environment that I found and kind of put myself in facilitated that, that conversation. So I found that the easiest path for me to become a full-time entrepreneur, full-time business owner was to first be a intrapreneur. And again, I learned this from sports. So, you know, before you get to the major leagues, there's three levels of minor league that you go through to develop. So I looked at it like, okay, I need to attach myself to a company or a person or a brand, whatever you want to call it, that can teach me how to develop these skills. And to answer your question directly, I would say it's less important that you know exactly where you're headed but it's more important to start to understand what it is that you want that to help you and make you feel, right? So I didn't miss I didn't miss baseball as much as I felt I missed feeling motivated and directed and confident. So again, I, this is hindsight, right? I didn't realize this at the time, but you know, when you understand how you want something to make you feel, then that makes it a bit easier to just get get started and pick a path. And the path doesn't matter so much when you're first getting going. I believe that. I started out working as a sales coach and it came full circle. But there's a lot of people that I know are extremely successful that started out doing something that could provide them with something they needed in that season. And they're not doing anything even remotely close to that now. And that's fine. One second. This is literally, this is, this is a first, man. <laughs> She's like, hey, Dad. She's like, daddy. Yes, I, I'm not. I'm gonna, Sean. Don't edit this out, please. My daughter came in here. She has a burning question. Apparently, let's see how important it is. What can I help you with? Oh, she wanted me to see her nails. All right. What color are they? What color are they? Red. Red. Good job. Can you show the camera? I can't see them. <laughs> show the camera. Show the camera. <laughs> oh my gosh, they look just like your daddy's shirt. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. You matched. You matched me. That's awesome. Where's your mama? You got to go with her and you got to close this door, okay? Okay. I love you. Bye, guys. Oh, man, dude. Well, hey, that's 
That's a, that's a absolute first on the leadership locker. Let me. Let, I, I heard everything you said. By the way, I process everything uh, while trying to make sure I was like trying to shush her. But um, one thing about what just happened is is funny. Is she's home. I have not had the angst, so to speak, of having the girls home because they've been in school where I'm located. Like everything's been good to go until recently. Her teacher got COVID, so they've been home for two weeks. So th- this is like literally me juggling for the first time. I'm like so so late to the game and juggling the parenthood thing. But you mentioned the entrepreneur thing. And I think it's amazing that you correlated the entrepreneur mindset and knowing you know, that you need to acquire skills before you know where you need to go and all these other things to baseball. That makes complete sense. No one's ever said that because I, and it's not about me, but did the opposite. I quit a job that was had nothing to do with what I'm doing now. And I was just like, I'm just going in because I didn't think I would have the patience to do that. But I think what you do and what you're saying is, and and correct me if I'm wrong, is by developing those skill sets a little bit formally, so to speak, your ability to make more money down the road is going to increase significantly because the more specific the skill set, the more specific the price, (laughs) the better the price. Yeah. And this is especially true with a, a universal skill like sales, right? So, and again, there was a lot of things that, that I could be giving credit to this too. It wasn't just natural for me to think this way, but the parallel between baseball and what my moves were going to be during that season of my life, that was very much a driver. Like being an entrepreneur just made sense to me. And this is especially true now. For those of your listeners that are out there and want to become entrepreneurs, and maybe they want to lead with their personal brand, which I encourage everybody to do, get your personal brand growing. You already have it, whether you like it or not. There's this idea that I heard that I really like, and I wish I could give the guy credit for it. I believe it was John Lee, actually. And and I heard this on Clubhouse. This is probably a month ago. The same concept been told a lot of different ways, red ocean, blue ocean, that whole idea. But he, he said, uh, I believe white unicorn and black stallion. And so the idea of having a black stallion is this is somebody that's in your industry, in your world that you want to be in eventually. This person is doing what you want to do. They're living the life that you want to live. And if you can align yourself with someone like that and be employed by them or partner with them, whatever you want to call it but you're essentially jumping on the back of a black stallion. You're serving them, you're creating value for them, but in so doing, you're learning from them. And it's more than a mentorship. It's more than an apprenticeship, which is a lost art, which is terrible. We should bring those back. I think they're coming back probably. But anyway, this black stallion, you kind of, you're not riding this person's coattails, but you're learning from them. You're taking from them. And ideally, this person knows that eventually you're going to surpass them. Any good mentor would say that's the goal, right? For my mentee to surpass me. And so you, you take that black stallion. Okay, great. Eventually that person's going to either need to retire or your role there is going to clearly be over with. Well, what's your next step? What I did was I got a buddy of mine, a really big result in his life through helping him in the way that I wanted to help these men. So I helped him for free and I worked with him. He's a little older than me. He was a guy I played ball with and he was you know, I played in Utah. So a lot of people get married young in Utah <laughs> and uh, helped him, got him a big result. Well, when I first started trying to get coaching clients, when I was off on my own, I was no longer leading with this Southwestern consulting company, which was my black stallion. I took his experience and I used that. And now he was my white unicorn. Everything I sold, everyone I sold to, I shared that testimonial 
It was only, there was only one, man. There was only one. But that's all it took to give me the credibility to then ask somebody to pay me uh, for me to be able to help them as men. And so back to what I've said, and I mentioned this, and I think it's important, you know, showing up in the places that you want to be and showing up in the places where your clients are is very, very important. This is something that I heard again on Clubhouse, and it was a great reminder and, and it said, don't try to create customers for your products, create products for your customers. I think that was Myron Golden. I think I took notes about something similar. It might be. I don't know. But yeah, I remember. Myron's some, great. Something similar. Yeah. Myron's great. This was definitely not him. This oh, was got it. definitely, definitely uh, somebody different. But I like Myron and he's a gem of, yeah. of info and knowledge. And just he's got swagger, man. Yeah, I just I really know. like his style. Hey everyone, it's mid-roll time. Let's take a quick break to talk about the sponsor who is the Talent War Group. Uh, you could find us at thetalentwar.com backslash Talent War Group. We are a leadership collective of 40 leaders. Some of us were special operations. Some of us were aviators. Some of us were in psychologists. Some of us are, you know, executives who have had highly successful careers. And what we are here to do is help you build elite teams. And we are all available to speak to talk to your organization, to do a webinar, whatever it is that you need, what you have identified as your gap, we can not only address, but we can just give you the knowledge that you need to make better educated decisions. Because when it comes to the talent in your organization, and when it comes to being an effective leader, this culmination, this group of people have all kinds of different levels of failures that have allowed us to be successful. So you can send an email to info at talentwargroup.com or just check out the website, see what we're about. We'd love to hear from you. Let's get back to the show. Let me ask you this really quick. I'm tracking on everything you're saying. I'm trying to put myself in a position of Sergeant Cardona, you know, seven years in, got one, has one year left in the Marine Corps. And, and I want to do, I am looking for that Black Stallion. But guess what? That Black Stallion is a broadcast journalist. And I'm interested in journalism. And I was an infantry guy. How would you recommend that people, quote unquote, penetrate, you know, a space that they know nothing about? And I truly believe, and this is just, sorry if you guys don't agree with me who are listening, I, I just don't feel like we could just lean on our military attributes for everything and just be like, oh, I was a leader, you know, I was a, a Marine, you know, I led Marines and all these other things. I think the leadership card gets played a, a little bit too much and too quickly, and I don't think it's going to get you the job sometimes. But anyway, we're going to have to be a little bit more creative here, and that's what I'm looking from you. How, how would you approach something when it's something completely foreign to you, but you kind of know that it's what your heart desires? So... I'm glad you asked this question and I can tell you what I did and I can tell you what I would, I would do if I was doing it over. I made some mistakes, but I, I, I think I, I did some things the right way also that helped. The number one thing is realize you're no longer a sergeant. And I told myself, Nick, you're no longer a professional baseball player. You're no longer a pro. Dude, you weren't sergeant material the first day you stepped into boot camp. And so that that took some humbling and, and some honesty and some self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And not everybody has those things naturally inside of them. And so I, I would say, you've got to really inspect your ego when you're transitioning. 
And if you do want to do something in a completely opposite field, that's fine. You know, uh, progress doesn't need to look linear. It can, it can look horizontal. You can sidestep and go into a completely different lane. That's the first thing is we got to check our ego at the door and realize we might have to become an intern. We might have to become a, a server, a servant. You know, hopefully we never lose that servant mentality. And, and I would imagine that most of the people that were in the military have that inside of them and it's hardwired to serve. But it's like, if we can check our ego at the door and be willing to go and say, look, here's how I can serve you. Most successful people are willing to listen and help. And the other thing is patience. You know, if this sergeant's getting out of the military, let's say same age as I was when I got done with baseball, which was 27. So you're now 27 years old. You've never had a job. Now, I know you've worked, but you've never had a job in the civilian world, right? And especially if you're going into completely different line of work. And so that's another thing. We got to look at it like we're a rookie and we're brand new and we can't expect to be given special opportunities because we used to be a pro or a sergeant and have rank and status somewhere else. And that's not easy for people to hear all the time. But if you can humble yourself and you have the resume that you have, people are going to open the door. Because let's be honest, athletes and military people have a lot of doors opened strictly because they wore the uniform. And that's not a bad thing to leverage that, but you can't lead with that. You can't lead with that. I'm extremely aligned with that. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier, like work on your personal brand. I am obsessive about personal branding. I love it. I I recently actually just changed my LinkedIn headline. I'm like, you know, I'm not a LinkedIn strategist. I'm a personal branding strategist and we do video and LinkedIn. Like that's what I'm all about. You cannot convince me that everyone is not continuously working on their personal brands. I actually just made it, did like a kind of LinkedIn live about it and turned it into a podcast the other day. But you wrote about this uh, best-selling book. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and then some of your kind of overarching perspectives on personal branding? Because I know I'm pretty sure we're going to be on the same page with some of this. Yeah, it's an awesome conversation. And, and I wrote Brandability is the name of the book. And, and I'm happy to give it, give it to anybody who wants it for free. We can maybe link that up later for them. Yeah, yeah. But I wrote the book because, you know, Everybody wants to matter. People want to matter. And I think that before even social media, people have wanted to matter in some way in the world. And now with social media, that desire is, you know, amplified and magnified. And now it's almost a a necessity. You have to treat yourself like you matter and not just say to yourself, I matter, or not just walk around feeling like you matter. You kind of have to position yourself as though you do matter. And that is a personal brand, a a strategic and intentional representation of who you are, what you stand for, and potentially even what you do. But the what you do is less important. People don't really care about what you do as much as how you might be able to help them, or if you're on a similar mission as them, which AKA a similar team, similar unit, right? The us versus them type of mentality. If you can establish those kind of triggers, you're going to set yourself up to not just win, but, but I even think survive. I think that it's, it's such a necessity now that you need, to, you need to be intentional with how you represent yourself online and in some of these other platforms if you choose to use them, but definitely on social media. I, I agree. I mean, uh, 
part of what I was talking about the other day was like, if you're choosing to participate on social media in any capacity, that means that there is a desire in some way, shape, or form that your thoughts are either met with agreeance or or maybe not or whatever it may be. But anytime you engage on any of the social media platforms available to us, you are choosing to take whatever is private, whether it's a thought in your brain or an experience that took place, you're choosing to put it out into the open. And to me, that is branding, whether it is something political, you know, you just had an election, it could be something along those lines, it could be your thoughts on personal branding could be part of your personal brand, or it could be how part of your personal brand is being able to tie in, you know, elite performers in terms of sports or special operations or whatever it may be and tying that into how those people are able to contribute to the bottom line of an organization in a way that most people can't, whatever it is, whatever your thoughts are, I I believe you're always working on your brand, whether you like it or not. And I, I know I know it's just kind of been funny lately. I've seen a lot of people have been like, stop talking about it. You're not building it. I'm like, you're always building it. But I want to switch just a little bit into exactly the type of people you serve, because obviously you have the skill to help people with a skill that is frequently difficult to master. And some people probably never master it, even though they've been in that occupation for years. And I gave you an uh, an example prior to, you know, when we were kind of warming up that I work with a lot of executive coaches. And that kind of back end is always seemingly the most difficult part. What are some of the most common things that you see and, and some of the solutions that you help them overcome? The biggest thing around sales is mindset. I mean, the, the, the way that people look at sales is largely driven by the way that they've been sold to. And the way that they've been sold to has not made them feel very good. And even though they love to buy things and have bought a lot of things, they've had one or two experiences that either rubbed them the wrong way or they just made up a story about not wanting to be like that or like them. And usually it's the car guy or, you know, they've got some story. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the story is it's doing a lot of different things, but most of them are bad for their business and for their, frankly, for their ability to effectively communicate. So mindset is the first thing. And we could definitely get a little bit more tactical here, but I'll just rattle off a few things that really limit successful entrepreneurs. And this limits brand new entrepreneurs, but it's, it's relevant for both. So mindset around sales. So the second one is maybe a little bit more of an advanced thing. Somebody who's generating attention with their brand online, they've got leads and prospects, people coming to them saying, hey, I want to hear about what you got. Then they, they don't understand how to actually sell. So they don't have the skill set. And so they're not confident. And the reason why we're not confident has nothing to do with the strategy that we're using. It really has to do with never getting past the discomfort of it because you're not willing to do the work. I remember when I was even a sales coach, Rich, I was a sales coach. People were paying me money to teach them how to do sales. And I avoided sales activity myself. <laughs> I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do because you were doing it. You were doing it in that role, weren't you? You said it. You weren't doing the prospecting. You weren't following up. You weren't doing any of those things, I bet, right? Dude, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> and I'm sure they provided training and all of that stuff. But it's usually about confidence, right? Like if I said, hey, you know, flip over, flip over the pillow to get to the cold side, right? You, you could do it. You would do it every time. You're confident doing it. You know what the outcome is going to be, you know, and, and so you do it and you don't even think about it. And so with most people with sales, 
they never get enough repetitions to get comfortable doing it. And so the strategy never has a chance to work and they never get a chance to work the strategy. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is the biggest mistake that you can make, especially when you start growing your business, is to try to hire somebody to do it for you. Because listen, if you don't love it, and if you won't do it yourself, how in the world can you expect somebody else to do it for you? It's no different. This is a, definitely a military thing, I'm sure, right? Like whoever's in charge of a unit or whatever, whatever terminology makes sense, at some point they did the job that they're requiring you to do, right? Yes, yes. They, yes. they, have, to, they have to pack their, what do you call it? The ru- a rucksack? Yeah, yeah, what do yeah. you call it? Yeah, that's, yeah. What, yeah, that's good. Like, you guys have to pack that thing the same, whether you're, you know, you have brass or whatever you call it or, or not. Right. And I don't want to offend anybody. I, I just don't know the terminology. I'm yeah, just trying fine. to relate. You're good. Uh, okay, cool. Cool. So if you've never done it and if you don't love it, you're never going to help somebody feel confident in the process you're trying to offload to them. So the biggest mistake that, that I see happening is people are trying to scale their business by hiring setters and closers, but they can't hold them accountable. They can't hold them accountable because they've never done it themselves. And so even if it's a team member, you're paying them, they're full-time, part-time, or if you're outsourcing to another company or something like that, you keep, you're, you're infringing on the number one law of delegation. And that is you have to be able to inspect what you expect. Oh, yeah. That's a military phrase right there for sure. So, yes, I love, <laughs> love that it, one. Love yes, it. yes, hey, I love we're, that we're, one. We're landing. We're landing. Nick, oh, hold on, man. I am actually super surprised at number three. In a way, in a way, it's not foreign per se, but I, I believe very much in delegation. I believe you need to get it profitable as soon as possible so that you can pay other people to take things off your plate that you don't need to be doing. I believe you pay yourself last and all these other things. And none of this is noble shit. It's just literally like, if you want to grow your business, you're going to have to really, really make some sacrifices. Now, if I'm doing the business development and the closing in this, and I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I am able, because it is mine, able to describe the service like nobody else and I have someone that I can bring in 30-year-old Nick, right? Hungry, entrepreneur, you know, trying to acquire the skills. Isn't that going to benefit me to free up my ability to be up and out instead of down and in and, and involved in all the things that I need to be doing to grow the business besides sales? Yeah, absolutely. And you said something that was really interesting because you said at one point, even if I'm doing it because I know I need to, nobody's going to lead the way I lead because it's my business, but I don't love it. So that goes back to the first one. As entrepreneurs, we do sales. We'll do it. And we will sell the hell out of our business. And we're much better at selling than we even give ourselves credit for. But we're still telling ourselves, I don't like this. I don't love it. And frankly, if you're doing it, if you're doing it enough and it's effective, why in the heck don't you love it? If you're doing something in your business that's helping you pay your bills and pay your staff or feed your family, like that beautiful little girl that just came in, you know, why don't you love that thing? Well, it's because you've been telling yourself a story about what sales is and what sales isn't and who you are and who you're not. And it's probably, I'm not a salesperson. That's usually the first thing that we want to delegate. I'm not saying we shouldn't delegate. I'm saying that the way we talk about sales matters to who we delegate to. And it's very simple. You know, we, I won't get into delegation, but in terms of, I'm not talking about holding their hand and babysitting, right? There's an effective way to onboard and lead. But at the end of the day, you know, if you haven't had enough reps with your own sales system, it's going to be very difficult for you to serve and empower someone 
you know, like myself that wanted to learn and wanted to invest in your brand back when I was an entrepreneur, you know, so that's just good leadership. If you, if you ask me, so I think we're saying the same thing, except what is your mindset about what you're delegating? Are you delegating it uh, because you hate it? Okay, fine. But if you delegate something to someone and they feel that you're delegating because you hate it, what is that really telling them? What is that saying to them? Like if you're enthusiastic, I want to follow somebody that's enthusiastic. I want to follow somebody that talks positively about the role, speaks life into the direction, right? That's who I want to follow. And so I don't want to hammer at home, but I think you get the point. Yeah. So you got mindset, confidence, and then the biggest one is hiring out. We'll have to wrap up here in a second, but like, talk to me about maybe uh, a couple people you've helped recently and like maybe some bridges you've helped them cross so people know they should be getting in touch with you. So a recent one that stands out, a guy from the UK, his name's Aiden. And I think I have this testimonial. I posted this recently on my IG profile. And, you know, if you, if you're kind enough to link that up, you can can see it there, but it's from a guy named Aiden. He's a, he's a fitness guy and his business was all offline. And for several years, he had been trying to bring it online. And of course, COVID really accelerated the need for that. And when he came to me, it was really obvious that he was not in the right mindset for sales. So number one thing, and obviously number two applied, and he's not at the point in his business where delegation matters, but he just didn't want to get on sales calls. He was avoiding sales activity. He was creating content. He was getting some people to raise their hands, liking and commenting, but he didn't know how to engage with them and initiate the conversation so he could eventually sell coaching. And so what I did with him is showed him how to create content that would get people to raise their hands more consistently And then how to initiate a conversation that's more natural in direct messenger, which is very relevant because that's where his people were hanging out. That's important. You go where your people are hanging out. Don't try to send them somewhere that they're not hanging out. You know, even even if that's a landing page, I find. Now, this depends on where your business is, but his business is less than 20K a month, right? So jumping into direct messenger, having a natural conversation where nothing's being sold. And if there is a need, which we find out by establishing a need, then you can convert them into uh, a strategy session or a, whatever you call your selling situation. And so we were able to help him do that in a very short amount of time. And right in that video that I posted there, he literally says, I love my sales calls now, man. <laughs> like his physiology changed. Physiology tells you a lot about somebody's energy. Uh, the words that he used to describe his experience selling, night and day difference. And his focus, the outcome that he saw for his business, he had so much more confident that he could reach that outcome. And so those are three things that I would say to anybody. I kind of buried it in there, but physiology, focus, and words. Those three things are a focus for you when you're selling. It's something for you to pay attention to with whom you're selling to. And for your clients, when you see if you've broken through with them, if you can look at those three things and read those three things, that makes a huge difference in you being able to understand if they're like tracking and getting results. So anyway, everything about his mentality around sales changed within like 30 days. And what what did that lead to? Well, obviously that leads to income. That leads to clients, you know? So that's a recent story. Um, But another thing that's come up recently is virtual events, you know, selling from, from video now or from stage. And that's very much a skill. When I was at Southwestern, it was uh, a seminar. 
that we did. And, you know, selling in front of five to 15 people, you're creating value, you're teaching, you're training, but you're also seeding a backend offer. And so I've been, been helping clients with that a lot lately for obvious reasons, you know, because people can't, can't speak and all of those things. The physiology piece, it's really funny, man. There's a sales coach I met a, a couple of years ago and he would say, if you do a sales call and you're standing in front of a mirror, that'll help you a lot. Because if you see yourself kind of in this weird state, like you will know it's unappealing. You're probably transferring that energy into the call as well. So he goes, so if you're in the mirror and you're happy, and I was like, that's really interesting. But the physiology piece, like I completely understand, and I think it's it's massively underestimated. So all that being said, man, you you know, you got the book, you got your Instagram, you're on Clubhouse. Uh, I think it's nickconnor.com, but where else can people well, actually just where can people find you and what would you like them to do or how would you like them to reach out? Yeah. So two things. If if selling is not natural for you, if you're avoiding it you feel awkward at all doing it, then the number one thing I'd say is go to nickconnor.com and get the giveaway I have there. It's called Client Buying Atmosphere. It's a simple PDF, like a one sheet. It's not going to take you a ton of time, but it's a really simple, simple four-step process. So there's that. If you want to go a little deeper, you can grab the book and that's also at nickconnor.com. There's a little tab up there and, and hit book and I'll give you the digital version for free. Awesome. And that book is Brandability. For those of you who don't know, I don't even think we covered it in the actual podcast, but he's in Estonia uh, right now, and I'm here in Wilmington, North Carolina. So thank you so much. Uh, I know our time difference is is interesting, to say the least, but uh, I love when people are able to make a little bit of a concession just to get on a podcast at a regular hour. So thank you very much uh, for you know bringing value to the audience and, and all those good things. And I absolutely will see you around on IG and Clubhouse. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rich. I appreciate it, man. It was a good time. All right, everyone. Finishing on a great note. I loved what Nick had to say about physiology. Uh, I think that is a very unique aspect that I think a lot of us feel like we can't overcome when it comes to sales or prospecting or lead gen or any of that stuff. So really, really thankful he was on. And I'd be very, very thankful if you all took the time to rate and review the podcast. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, the Leadership Locker, scroll all the way down and rate and review it. And the reason I'm asking you to do that or to share it with your friends and network is because the message is pure, the message is real. And this is this is all knowledge that people can get takeaways from to help them just advance, to help them improve personally, professionally, however you want to slice it and dice it. That is what I am here to help you do. I always say it, I'm not here for the downloads. I'm not here to monetize. I'm here to just get you knowledge from the best people I can find. And that is always going to be you know, magnified with better ratings, better reviews and shares. So thank you for just hanging out once again. I'll see you next week.